Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. Cut It Straight is a podcast helping you pursue excellence in your preaching and ministry. In this episode, we're going to continue our series, Seven, The Seven Deadly Sins of Ministry, where we look at the sin of anger. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast, episode 31. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. We've been in the middle of a series entitled Seven, The Seven Deadly Sins of Ministry. We've looked at the sin of pride, the sin of envy and jealousy. And then today in this episode, we're going to look at the sin of anger. Human anger arises for a number of reasons, some of which are acceptable and others which are not. Scripture stresses the potential destructive nature and aspects of human anger and urges us to take it into moderation. Uh, Anger is not uh, a reaction to adverse situations. Rather, anger is a sin rooted in our hearts. Every human being has the emotion of anger, and if it's not subdued, then it will be difficult to be controlled. In ministry, we're always dealing with difficult situations, and our emotions are oftentimes tied to people in situations. I want to look at the reasons for human anger. If you'll look at Genesis chapter number 4, verses 4 through 5, and it says, And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions, and the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. Now this goes back to our last lesson, jealousy. Jealousy is a reason for anger sometimes. Envy and jealousy can provoke us to be angry or to be angry with someone. Perhaps we are envious of another's ministry or success. This was Cain's issue. His jealousy led to murdering his own brother. Now, we may never want to kill someone, but we can wound with the words we speak about somebody. Another reason for human anger is pride. It says in Jonah 4 and 1, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. Again, this goes back to uh, previous lessons in the series on pride. Pride and anger go something like this. I shouldn't be talked to this way. Do you know who I am? Or, if you aren't going to listen to my counsel, then you can just go ahead and hit the road. This is pride showing out in anger. We are allowing situations to make us feel provoked to anger or perhaps our pride is wounded or our pride raises up where we should have it uh, under subjection. And so we, we, we react to it. We react to it some, in some way or some fashion. We get angry at a situation, and so it, it, it causes us to erupt in anger. Some results of human anger is strife. When we are angry, uh, it brings about strife, such as in uh, Genesis 4 where Cain um, killed his brother. Uh, this will this will bring strife. If we are always angry in ministry, uh, 
as ministers, if we're always quick-tempered, uh, it's going to bring about strife wherever we are serving within the church or perhaps all of the church. Proverbs 29, 22 says, A man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. It says again in Proverbs 30, 33, For pressing milk produces curds, pressing the nose produces blood, and pressing anger produces strife. So if we are angry all the time, there's going to be strife in the church. It's going to be There is going to be strife where uh, whatever ministry we may be overseeing, if we're always quick-tempered, if we're always angry, always mad, or always upset, it's going to bring strife. It's going to show out in the people that we are trying to lead as well. And as ministers, we, we have to be able to control our emotions. Again, this is a, a qualification uh, for being an overseer. Paul says in 1 Timothy 3, 2 through 3, Therefore an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, now look at this, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. So we are to be self-controlled, not violent, and not quarrelsome. Instead, we should be gentle. In Titus 1, 7 through 8, for an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. So Paul mirrors what he says in 1 Timothy that the overseer, the man of God, shouldn't be quick-tempered, shouldn't be violent, but instead needs to be self-controlled. Uh, we have to be self-controlled, brothers and sisters, when we are in, in, we are in ministry and we are leading people, because we, oftentimes we're dealing in situations that may not be controlled. Uh, sometimes we are presented with situations or uh, problems or issues that are out of control, or perhaps we are not in control of that situation. And so we have to be able to control our emotions. We must be able to control our reaction to those situations. And we have to always be uh, aware. We have to always be aware of uh, dramatic situations. If you've been in ministry for any time, you understand what I'm, what I'm saying. You've, you've encountered that. Someone comes up to you and tells you of an issue that you have to resolve uh, perhaps in a counseling session, you have to always be on your uh, on your tiptoes in some situations. But if we can't control our emotions, it can get out of hand. And again, it goes back to causing more strife. We can cause more harm uh, than good. <clears throat> now, we shouldn't be violent. Shouldn't be quarrelsome. Not quick tempered or violent. We we we. This is this should be pretty obvious uh, for ministers that we shouldn't be quarrelsome. Uh, being angry is not a sign of holiness or spirituality. Some seem to think that any signs of joy or happiness is a lack of spirituality or a lack of spiritual maturity. The old saying goes about the Puritans uh, that they had the haunting fear that someone somewhere might be happy. <laughs> that shouldn't be us. Uh, that shouldn't be us ministers, and that's a, uh, that's a caricature of the, Purit of the Puritans. I love the Puritans. 
Uh, but that shouldn't be said of us that we are we have this haunting fear that someone somewhere's happy or having a good time and having some type of joy. Uh, being angry, being upset, being mad, um, being in a bad mood is not a sign of holiness or spiritual maturity. Uh, some seem to think that way that they're always in this spirit of of prayer. I'm I'm I'm, I'm just uh, I'm I'm angry at, at sin. Well, also have some joy that some people are overcoming sin, that those are being changed from darkness into light. You can have some joy about that. Um, it's, so it's not a sign, being angry is not a sign of holiness or spirituality. Anger can undo a lot of good that has been made. Uh, too many ministers love to keep strife and drama going. They don't feel like uh, they're making any progress unless they are in some sort of drama. They enjoy being ticked off or they enjoy being offended. Uh, people deal with angry bosses, angry co-workers, angry customers, and angry family members enough. They usually don't want to come to church and be beat up by the ministry. People don't know or we don't know as ministers sometimes what people are living in day in and day out. And so when they come to church, there needs to be some reprieve from what they are dealing with. But if the preacher, the pastor, the minister, the youth pastor, the youth pastor's wife, uh, the pastor's wife, whoever's in leadership is always angry, always mad, always upset, there's no reprieve in our saints or the people we're serving. And so they don't feel joy. Uh, they don't feel like a, in a loving environment. And so we have to understand that if we're always stirring this up, if we're always bringing this about, we're always angry, we're always offended, we're always ticked off, people are not going to stay at a church, they're not going to stay in a youth ministry for very long if that's the environment, if that's the culture that is being produced or that's always happening. Uh, I grew up in that type of situation. I, I, I grew up in a home where my father was... Uh, he was angry some most of the time when he was had been drinking, and you you needed to get out of that. And sometimes in the church I grew up in was uh, the the pastor uh, he was angry, and so and we were in fear of our pastor. That shouldn't be the case, brothers and sisters. That that should not be the case. Uh, we need to people need to come to church and they need to feel the reprieve. They need to feel some joy. This is where they're getting refreshed in their spirit. They don't need to be beat up all the time, uh, and so. Now listen, there is holy anger and being ate up with the zeal of the Lord's house. Jesus showed that. But brothers and sisters, most of us aren't Jesus. Some would like to veil their hardened hearts with a phony, holy zeal when it is nothing more than impatience and sinful anger. Be angry and sin not, they say. Well, that should be the exception and not the norm. If you're always ready to fight, Sitting on pounds on every negative situation, then ministry probably isn't for you. Because most of the time, people will disappoint you, disagree with you, oppose you, or continue in ignorance. If you can't live with that each and every day, then ministry is going to frustrate you, and that sin of anger in your heart won't be subdued. Jonah didn't have a holy zeal. Instead, he wanted Nineveh to burn. Some of Jonah's contemporaries probably believed he was right in his behavior towards Nineveh, but God didn't agree with Jonah. If you don't get that anger under control, God will send something far greater to eat you up 
than anger. And we shouldn't get in the pulpit and preach angry. Sometimes we can get emotional about what we are saying, but we mustn't preach with anger. Strong preaching doesn't necessarily mean angry preaching. People should feel your anger for sin, yes, but not your frustration with their problems. There is enough anger in the world, and people are on edge constantly. This isn't the bully pulpit. Preaching against sin and carnality should be impassioned, yes. Preaching on what gets on your nerves is another thing altogether. Again, people are coming to us for ministry, to be ministered to, to be refreshed, to be helped. They don't want to be harmed. They want to be helped. And sometimes we deal with difficult situations. Yes, we have a zeal. We hate sin. We hate carnality. We want people to change. But if you're not patient, not just with people and not just where they are coming from and what and how they are progressing, you will be frustrated and anger will control you instead of you controlling anger. Jesus says this about anger in Matthew 5.22, But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. This means us as well as preachers, as ministers, as overseers. I know we can get angry and get upset and passioned. People disappoint. People backslide. People quit. People give up. People fail. They come short. But you know who else quits, disappoints, and comes short? Ministry. All of us are in the same place. Maybe God, who extends mercy to us, we should extend mercy to others. I think he says that somewhere in the, in the New Testament. That if we want mercy, we also have to have mercy for others. Sometimes people don't do as we think they should. You better be prepared for that because it's going to happen all the time. People you think get it sometimes don't. People you think will always be consistent and faithful sometimes fail. You better be ready for that. Get your anger under control. Get your emotions under control. Understand that if we want mercy, we too must give mercy. Anger is sin that we must be able to conquer in our hearts through grace by God's Spirit. James 1 and 20 for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The anger of men, our anger at someone, is not going to produce the righteousness of God. Psalm 4 and 4, be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your bed and be silent. Sometimes situations need for us to simply be quiet. Our mouths open up and we say things out of anger, out of frustration, and out of impatience. And perhaps we do more harm than we do good. Ponder in your own hearts. It'd be good sometimes to think about where you've come from when someone disappoints, someone says something that you don't like. Remember where you've come from. Remember what God has done in you. Proverbs 14 and 7, A man of quick temper acts foolishly. And a man of evil devices is hated. Don't act foolishly by losing your cool. Try to be cool. Try to be calm in situations. 
Step away if something is frustrating you. Come back to it and say, hey, let me think about this for a moment. Let me consider this. Get counsel, perhaps. Be cool under pressure. Because this is a high-pressure situation being in ministry. 2 Corinthians 12 and 20. Paul says, For I fear that perhaps when I come I may find you not as I wish, and that you may find me not as you wish, that perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. Sometimes that's what we're dealing with. Sometimes we are dealing with situations that are ugly, dealing with situations we thought we would never have to be in or try to control or help or counsel. Ephesians 4 and 26, Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Let me say this as well to those who are married. Oftentimes when we are at the church and we are ministering, situations take place with people leading over teams and groups or staff or leading in people and counseling. Sometimes we need to leave that right there at the church. Walk out the door and leave it there. Don't take it home with you. Don't take it out on your wife or your husband or your kids. Don't take it out on your family or your friends. Sometimes you just need to take it to prayer and leave it there. And that's difficult to separate the two. I'm not suggesting that we compartmentalize family from ministry. The two are too enmeshed and intertwined. But don't take out on your family the frustrations that you are dealing with from the church. Sometimes you just have to leave it there. Instead, pray with your family. Help us pray for this person. Pray for this situation. Because if you don't have any reprieve from the frustration or the disappointment, anger is just going to constantly boil and boil and boil until it explodes. And it shouldn't explode on your family. And it certainly shouldn't explode on your church or your ministry. You have to be able to subdue it. You have to be able to walk away from it. Here's how you can deal with this emotion, this sin of anger. 1 Corinthians 13 and 5. It speaks of love. Love does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. We need to subdue the irritation sometimes. The resentment. Baptize it in grace, in mercy, in the love of God. Love outdoes anger. It outdoes being irritable and being resentful. Ecclesiastes 7 and 9. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. Don't be quick in your spirit to become angry. Don't allow anger to be lodged in your heart. Get rid of it. Find a place to pray. Pray it out. Fast it out. Get word in your heart to overcome it. Titus 1 and 7, he talks about an overseer. We must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. Find a way to respond in a different way. Try to 
Watch yourself. How should I react? Think things through. Think ahead. If this were to take place, how would I respond? James 1 and 9, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Quick to listen. Listen to problems. Listen to issues. But be slow to respond. Don't respond immediately. Don't respond to the situation immediately with words. Slow to anger. Watch yourself. If you're in a situation where you feel like it's escalating, walk away. Grab someone perhaps to help be there with you uh, to keep you accountable. Don't take revenge for yourself either. Romans 12 and 19, beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Trying to repay evil with evil will never work in ministry. People will wrong you. People will talk bad about you. People will disagree with you. Uh, people will leave. People will disappoint. People will backslide. But don't try to exact revenge on them, speaking evil of them, trying to hurt them or harm them with words, getting them back, posting something on Facebook. And let me stop and say this here. Don't post something vague on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. People know what you're doing. People who know the situation know what you're doing. It's best for you not to respond at all. Let God be the one who takes vengeance. Let God take care of those situations. Don't go on the internet and, and blast people vaguely. It does not speak well of you as a leader. It makes you look petty and small. It, it makes people think that you can't handle it or can control the situation. Instead, let God take care of it. Ephesians 4 and 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. 1 Timothy 2 and 8, I'm closing with this. I desire then that in every place that men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Prayer will help alleviate anger. Praying will help diminish the rage that might be in your heart. Don't be quick-tempered. Don't be quarrelsome. Instead, be as Jesus would. You might be saying, well, he would overthrow tables and pull out the whips and, and beat people. He did that very little. He did that very little. Most of the time, he was trying to help people and to love them and gracefully and mercifully show them the right way. And he lived that out. You know, Jesus never showed the other disciples what was really in Judas's heart. He never exposed Judas, but he knew what Judas was going to do to him. But he didn't post it on the internet, Judas is going to betray me one of these days. Judas is a backstabber. Judas is the worst. Instead, he allowed Judas to show himself. Jesus didn't have to do it. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we just need to be quiet and let God work where he can work, where we will allow him to work. Someone once said, gave me a wise word one time, 
God will fight for you, but God won't fight with you. Let God fight your battles. Let Him go before you. But let Him also fight the anger that's in your heart. Help, allow Him to help you subdue that emotion, that sin that's in your heart, that's in all of us, that we're all susceptible to. Fight it with grace and mercy and love. Show people that you can respond in a Christ-like manner when situations and tensions arise. Show them that the Spirit of God and the love of God controls not just your heart, but your temper and your temperament and your mouth. I hope this series is helping you as it's helping me to help us overcome the seven deadly sins of ministry. Thanks for tuning in to the Cut It Straight podcast. For more information, episodes, and articles, go to my website, nswhitley.com. Follow me on Twitter at nswhitley, and be sure to go to my Facebook page, nswhitley.